0: Hello, everyone, you're listening to Coaching Skills for Leaders. This is episode number two, recorded on August 28th, 2011. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to Coaching Skills for Leaders. My name is Dave Stehoviak. This is the show for leaders who want to develop their coaching skills so they can influence the success of others, their organizations, and themselves. Whether you're a seasoned leader or you're leading people for the first time, improving your coaching skills will drive your success and most importantly, the success of others. Today's topic, how to start coaching someone. Well, welcome back to the second episode of Coaching Skills for Leaders. And you may have noticed at least one improvement, hopefully, from the first episode, and that is the music. You know, sometimes you uh, make a decision and decide something sounds great, and then you listen back to it at a later date, like I did with the first episode of the show, and you realize you picked the absolutely worst music uh, you possibly could have, and in my case, the Music from the first episode was probably the worst corporately elevator music type thing I've ever heard. So hopefully you'll like the music a little bit better. And more importantly, we're back for the second show. And I'm curious how things went with the listening assessment that you may have checked out from the first show. The last show, we talked about how to become a more powerful listener. That's episode number one. You can go back and check it out online if you haven't already. And I mentioned on that show that there was a listening assessment that was available online on our website. You can reach that at InnovateLearning.com slash listen. So that's InnovateLearning.com slash listen, L-I-S-T-E-N. And when you download that assessment, you can use that to check your listening skills or have someone else check them for you. I'm curious how that went for you. If anyone tried it out, And if you did, drop me a line, let me know. Love to hear your feedback on what you realized about your listening skills, not only what you were doing effectively, but what you also may have learned that helped you improve your listening skills. And in addition, one of the things to keep in mind as you're listening to this episode is that uh, you may have questions that come up. And if you do, be sure to call my listener feedback hotline, and that is at 877-LEARN Again, that's 877-LEARN-45. That's a great way to leave a question, comment, or suggestion for future shows. And you can also reach out to me at feedback at innovatelearning.com by email. Feel free to send any questions or suggestions there as well. And I will be sure to incorporate into future shows. Again, that's feedback at innovatelearning.com. So last time we talked about how to listen more powerfully. And that's the beginning of the skill set of being an effective coach when we're leading somebody and when we're trying to develop that person. And so that then, of course, begs the question, well, how do we really start coaching someone? And by coaching, I mean when we're trying to really spend time to develop a person and improve their skill set and help them to be more effective at what they're doing. We want to be able to start that conversation and to start that process effectively, professionally, And also in such a way that's going to be beneficial to both parties. And this is something that I believe is a huge missed opportunity for a lot of leaders. And the challenge is is that many leaders jump right in to start teaching a a new skill. And that's it. They don't really take the time to get to know somebody. And in particular, when they're working with a new employee or a new volunteer in their organization or someone new in their religious community... They are very quick to jump in and start teaching and telling the person what they need to do, but not really taking a couple of minutes to really get to know somebody. Now, that's not always possible, but in most, most of the time and in most situations and most organizations, it's certainly possible. And in fact, you can do it fairly quickly. And so today, in today's show, you'll learn a process for how to really connect with someone effectively on the front end of the relationship or on the front end of learning a new skill in order to connect it to that other person's goals and desires. Ultimately, we want to be able as leaders to engage people. That's good for the other party. It's also good for us because they're more likely to want to be led by us. And so the model that we'll learn today is an acronym called FROM, F-R-O-M. And that's a guide for us on how to start a coaching conversation and how to start coaching someone and before we start teaching before we start telling a person what they should be doing or uh, starting to walk through the steps of steps of a new skill we want to start off by learning a little bit about their background and that's what this acronym from is designed to do so there's four steps so i'm going to walk through the four steps here briefly and then give you an idea of how this could work in action. And we have a guest here today on the show, Matt Ross, who will. Uh, so I interviewed earlier this week using this methodology so you have a chance to see it in action. Before that, though, let's go over the four steps. So the FROM acronym, the F, the first step in this in this process, stands for future. If we're going to coach someone, if someone is going to allow us to lead them, we want to know where they want to go in the future, how are the skills, the development, the tools that they're going to be learning with us, either in this job, this volunteer work, this opportunity, whatever it is, how's that going to help them down the road? And I need to know as a leader what, where a person wants to go, what they want to learn, what types of things they see, their volunteer work, their career, their relationship, where that's going to be going in the future. So I want to get a real clear picture, the clearest picture I possibly can, of where people are heading. And then once I feel like I have a good feel for that, I'll transition to the second step, which is R. That's reality. Reality is what's currently happening. So this is different from the future because now this is uh, you know, different from the future, what, what's the current situation? What do you currently know how to do? What do you, uh, what's going on? What types of skills have you already learned? Uh, what's going on in your career right now? And if you do that well, you should see some gap between those two. You know, there's going to be a gap between what, where a person wants to go and where they are currently. And so that gives you a clear picture as to how you can be of assistance as a leader to help that person to bridge that gap which then leads to step three, the O in the acronym, which is obstacles. So in addition to just knowing where a person is and where they want to go, we also want to see if we can learn from them what obstacles either they're currently facing at being able to get to those long-term objectives or what obstacles they anticipate that they will face in order to get to those objectives. And then finally, the M is for meaning. So we want to know as a leader, with the people we're leading and we're going to coach, what is why is getting to the future goal important to the other person? It's one thing to have a goal to get somewhere. But if if we really want to understand the other person, if we really want to understand what motivates them, what gets them excited, what gets them engaged... Boy, we, want to, we, we don't want to just know the end result. We want to know what the person really gains from getting there. And that's beyond just the financial things and money. Money's one motivator, but it's usually not the chief motivator. What's the bigger reason behind why the person wants to achieve that goal? And if we can understand that as a leader, we open up a window to communicate with that other person in such a way that we can really connect with them genuinely. And that's something that not only helps us to make decisions on how we'll interact with that person going forward, but at the same time, it helps that other person to feel a lot more comfortable and a lot more motivated to connect with us. So in a moment, I'm going to play the interview that I had with Matt Ross from earlier this week. Uh, this week, uh, Matt is uh, one of, um, uh, my wife, Bonnie, uh, is a professor at Vanguard University. And Matt was one of her students several years ago, and Matt has since uh, transitioned into the business world and works for Liberty Mutual and uh, is a sales representative. And he is someone I think that's a great example of uh, really starting his career off and someone that I would certainly consider to be a very high potential uh, employee and leader. And I, I believe his organization really sees him that way too. And so take a moment to listen to this interview. Now, the entire interview is 14 minutes, and there's three things Listen for. So one of them is to listen for this from model, future, reality, obstacles, and meaning. See if you can pick out questions that I ask him around each one of these areas. In addition, Also watch for how it's not an interrogation, at least it's not intended to be an interrogation. So you'll see that I don't, uh, I jump around a little bit. So I'll start with a couple of future questions and I might jump down to meeting. And so it always doesn't go perfectly in order, but we want it to be a conversation that really flows. And then the final thing that I'd like you to listen for is listen for the silence. Listen for the pauses. I'll ask Matt questions, and then I attempt to stop and be quiet. Rather than jumping in and assuming what he's going to say, I try to give him time to really communicate what I think he wants to say. So watch for that. And so here is my interview with Matt Ross. Okay, so we're here with Matt Ross, and Matt is the sales representative from Liberty Mutual. And for those of you who don't know, Liberty Mutual is based out of Boston, and uh, right now is the third largest insurer in the united states and uh Matt's based out of Irvine, California here in southern california and Matt so glad to have you here in studio today. Thanks for stopping by yeah my pleasure, Dave. I love uh the fact that I can come down and always say hi and I appreciate you having me on the show so we've uh, I've asked Matt to be here today to demonstrate this uh coaching uh, model that uh, we've discussed here earlier in the show. And the model that uh, Matt and I will demonstrate is how to use this uh, from model uh, when we're starting to coach somebody. And so what I'll do here is uh, interview Matt using this model and give uh, him an opportunity to respond to the questions uh, so you as an audience member can really see how this might work in practice. So Matt, you ready to go? I think so. All right. So, uh, Matt, I know you've been with uh, Liberty Mutual now. Uh, is it two or three years? Uh, it's been actually two. It uh, started in May of 2009. Okay. And uh, as you've been two years into your career now, where do you see your career going long-term? If you, were, uh, if you had to say at this point in your career, what's, what's the long-term objective? Uh, long-term objective would be in some kind of upper management uh,
1: either in a strategy positioning role, uh, potentially a C-level. I would love to get there. Um, yeah. But um, we'll see how the stars line up and my, uh, my work ethic suits me. But if it would be the long-term a dream, it would be to have a C-level job,
0: yeah. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so why is, that, uh, why is that a key area for you to, to go to or why is that a interest to you?
1: When you're at that level you have the ability to impact a lot of lives. Uh, I want to be able to impact a lot of lives for the good. Um, Specifically, no matter what kind of business I'm in, uh, I want it to be efficient, I want it to be ethical, and I want it to have some kind of purpose and or meaning. And from that position, you can really create the vision and the platform for everybody else to execute it.
0: Need And... Based on the people that you've seen who are in those roles now, what are the skills and some of the tools and things you'd like to develop in the coming years that will you feel will help you get there? Uh, first and foremost was uh, experience. Um, obviously, I don't have a
1: lot of that. So in that and obviously in time, I consider myself a sponge while I'll be soaking up all this knowledge and uh, experience over these next years to help me prepare for that level. Education, um, definitely want to pursue a higher degree whether it be an MBA and or doctoral uh, potentially. Wow, cool. Um, And you need to have some kind of vision. Uh, You see, and and kind of going back, based upon your experience, you see Mm -hmm. what's wrong and what maybe needs to be changed. You pick up little things here and there. But the leaders that I've seen, specifically with Liberty Mutual, they've always had a very clear vision and an Mm. objective and a goal. And I really want to build that vision and that goal as I grow and as I mature and from the experiences that I have to where I can clearly communicate it and effectively implement it and then be able to measure the results so we can either tweak some things or make it more efficient or what have you. But um, those, those three things specifically probably would what I want to be able to gain over the next few years as I get to that level.
0: So having a strong vision for the future, having effective goals in order to get there, and then mm-hmm. being able to communicate those effectively, not only with yourself, but with others, sounds like those are key things those that will very, get you there. Yeah, very, very key things. Okay. How does that compare to where you are right now, as far as where you are today in your career?
1: There, There's some parallels. Specifically, my role is to effectively communicate to the general public, Mm. about their specific situation when it comes to their insurance. Mm. So I need to assess their situation, um, make suggestions and or recommendations, and then clearly communicate the value proposition that I have to offer them to what they currently have. Um, I wouldn't say... I do have a vision in the sense of how I want to conduct my job in the sense of ethical conduct and... um, moral aptitude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, as far as vision that I can put on to someone else uh, when it comes to goals, I, I don't really see it that that very well executed in my job. I think uh, in another role, I think I can do that more.
0: So the more you have opportunities to do that in, in newer roles and newer opportunities or have the experience to really set that type of vision, that would be really valuable to you. That would be you. huge,
1: yeah. I would love to be able to... I, w- One of my loves and absolute passions is to coach, mentor, see other people succeed uh, with some kind of game plan or something in place that they can get on the right track and say, you know what, I'm going to start heading towards this goal and I'm going to do it with this plan and with this vision Mm. and we can achieve it together.
0: You mentioned communication too. Uh, where are you at in your communication skills right now as far as what kind of opportunities are in front of you and what do you, where do you see yourself wanting to go communication-wise?
1: I feel there needs to be some more tact to my communication, um, <laughs> some more. How so? It, there's, I'm fresh out of college. Um, when you're in college and just growing up in general, there is certain tact that you use as far as respectful. Yes, please. Thank you, ma'am. What have you. Sure. But I've noticed that when you get into the professional world and you have a strong disagreement with someone, you need to almost, whereas maybe in college, since it's an open environment and you are free to learn new things, I mean, you can be very open about your opinions mm-hmm. um, with in a corporate environment where there's politics and um, other feelings to be hurt and potential job implications You need to use a little tact and rein it in and almost choose your battles to where it comes. If you do have a strong disagreement with someone, in fact, I just came across an email the other day or a conversation where uh, a lady sent back a rather uh, conniving and (laughs) uh, let's just say undermining email to me where if I wasn't cautious and really understood what the implication of my actions would, I would just fire back and say something I probably would regret. Mm. And there's been times where I have sent emails that that I do regret in the sense of how people can perceive it or take it. Um, But I'm starting to be coached by my manager to kind of understand how to rein that in and communicate effectively to a point. Sure. Rather than going after a personal uh, vendetta, I guess. Uh, Okay.
0: (laughs) So being able to continue to refine and develop that skill of communicating professionally mm-hmm. and particularly being able to disagree with people in a respectful and professional way is, yes. is key to your success.
1: It's harder than it looks. It's, yeah. I, I've, I honestly thought I wouldn't have that hard of a time with it, but it's, it's quite difficult. <laughs> what, what obstacles get in your way with that? Well, uh, not, not feeling like you can say what you want to say. <laughs> when you yeah. have a certain vocabulary or vernacular that you're stuck with, you don't know how to respond you're almost you're almost tongue tied, mm-hmm. almost, and, and you want to say a certain thing, but you can't really word it <laughs> in the right manner that that could get a point across without obviously being undermining. Yeah. So it, it does hinder me in the sense that I feel like I'm not necessarily getting everything or my opinion out completely. I do re- uh, recognize that I don't always have to have an opinion potentially uh, that needs to be spoken. I can have an opinion within me, but it doesn't necessarily need to be spoken. Mm. But it I, I do feel sometimes that it it hinders my communicative effectiveness and uh I guess the obstacle is I can't get a word in.
0: Mm. I want to be heard. I see. And what do you find that is the cause with the communication skills and the goal setting and the vision, it sounds like part of that obstacle as well was just having the opportunity to do that in a venue other than just like with your your clients one-on-one right um is it the opportunities that are sometimes the obstacles as well too or are there other things that keep you from kind of furthering those goals and those visions there are
1: there are limited opportunities um I, I fortunately i do have a couple opportunities to where i can actually demonstrate some kind of vision hmm. um and that's in my networking group that meets on thursday mornings it uh i'm on the president of that chapter and i i can craft a vision and move it forward and, and bring the chapter in a certain area with their support and help. Sure. But other than that, it, it's 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 almost what you want to get involved in. Mm. You can choose, I feel you can choose that if you want to execute a vision or be in front of people and be a leader,
0: you can go out and find something that you can be a leader in. So part of your goal, I guess, right now is probably to look for those opportunities and create those opportunities to develop those skills and being able to lead a team of people and to set goals and to be able to practice your communication. Effectively. Exactly.
1: While, while I can't necessarily do that on a one-to-one basis with my clients or and our customers, what I could do is I could potentially be an asset or resource to the workers and the other agents around me, um, creating meetings, effective planning meetings, or I can uh, continue to be a resource in my networking group, or I can be involved with my local church and or uh, charity or charitable organization, I could really reach out if I had the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But uh, in, there, there are opportunities for me to do so. Um, it's just me, a matter of choosing to do it.
0: As you start to develop these skills and as you become you know, really proficient at doing these things well and start to develop into the leadership role of being in a senior leadership role or being a C-level executive at, you know, later in your career, why is that important to you? It's important to me,
1: simply, I've always had a a big heart and a passion to leave some kind of legacy. Mm. Um, I think that's uh, on a lot of people's minds, you know what when I'm gone, what will people remember me by? Uh, whether they think I'm a coward, whether they think I'm an actor of change, Will they think I was a horrible human being, <laughs> what have you. I mean, what will the history books say? Um, I have a strong urge to enact some kind of positive impact in the world around me. I don't know what that is specifically. I feel called to, a sp- I don't know what, but I feel that the trend that I'm on and the path that I'm taking will lead to somewhere that uh, I can enact some kind of change. I'm a rallier. I bring people together. Yeah, that's that's my personality. I I, I include people in all sorts of random situations, rooms. I, I'm the person that walks up to someone who's alone in the middle of a room and just to make them feel comfortable. But well, um, I think I just want to leave a legacy, a, a legacy that's remembered for a positive change in the world.
0: Mm, very cool. Well, and I uh, I would add that you've already done uh, a number of things to do that well, effectively. And uh, uh, Matt has actually uh, been a key role role player in an organization when he was a student at Vanguard Universities when uh, uh, Bonnie and I, my wife, uh, met Matt originally and has done a great job of being a leader in that organization. And one of the things I know you've done a great job over the last two years as you've entered your career is giving back. You're still very involved in uh, campus events and, uh, and giving back and alumni organizations and Uh, Matt's also helped, out, you know, our family and, uh, you know, being able to quote some insurance and, uh, (laughs) and, and even though it didn't work out, um, for a number of reasons, not none of them having to do with Matt, it's, it's great that you just are so willing to give back to people in a, in a great way. And I think that that's a, a real sign of someone who's a leader who is willing to give back. And even if they don't necessarily know or see how it's going to come back to them, that you have a really great, uh, a great uh, skill of doing that effectively. So we're, <laughs> we're very <laughs> uh, well. We're very blessed to know you. Uh, for folks who who may be interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way for them to uh, connect with you?
1: Um, email is always best. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter. I'll give you two: uh, matt m a t t dot ross r o s s at mutual dot com, and you can follow me on Twitter at matt ross. The letter L, the little M, as in Liberty Mutual. So I'm at matt ross lm see what I'm up to. And
0: uh, if you want to get involved, give me a shout. Matt Ross is a sales representative at Liberty Mutual here in Southern California. Matt, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Dave. Now, Matt is a uh, pretty humble guy in this interview. He's actually one of the top sales representatives for Liberty Mutual here in the Southwest United States already. And so uh, if you'd like to get in touch with him, uh, I'm going to put the contact information to reach him in the show notes if you didn't catch that. He's a great person to reach out, for, uh, out to for insurance and takes great, great care of people. And hopefully you heard about, uh, about Matt, certainly, and those four steps. You heard me ask questions about where he wants to go in the future, how that compares with his current reality, and some of the obstacles that he's running into right now and expects to run into the future. And then, of course, at the end, what I try to do is really to understand—you know—what's the bigger, what's the bigger reason? Why is this important to him? And you know, Matt has financial goals like everyone else does, but boy, when you listen to him, it's the the real desire, the real meaning for him is about creating that legacy. And so if I was Matt Ross's manager, I'd sure want to be talking to him in terms of these things that he's working on to connect his goals with. Clear vision, goals, communication. When I was developing Matt and teaching him new skills, I'd want to make sure to tie into all of the things that I'd be teaching him to those three or four objectives, at least in the best possible way I could. And particularly when there were opportunities to coach and mentor others, you could hear from Matt's own words that that's something that really motivates him. And if that wasn't there, I'd sure want to create those opportunities. And I know actually Matt's leaders in his organization are creating those opportunities for him and doing a great job of it. And. And that's something that's just so important to know what is really driving the, the people that we're leading. And so I'd want to do as much as I could as a leader to really connect with Matt because I want to, I would <laughs> certainly see him as a valuable employee and I'd want to p- make sure he's someone that sticks around. And in order to do that, not only is it important of what he's doing for our organization, but how are we helping him? We want to create those win-win outcomes when we're leading people. Now, one thing to point out here, the entire conversation was 14 minutes. And and if and if we had been trying to be real concise, we probably could have had that conversation in maybe 10 minutes. There's two big reasons, I think, why leaders skip out on doing something like this. One is, well, actually, I'd even say there's three things. One is they don't know how to do it, and they don't know they should do it. And then, of course... They think that it's going to take too much time. Well, I hope you see here that this doesn't need to take a lot of time. You can get a lot of information about how to lead someone in a very short period of time just by asking a couple of key questions. Hopefully you know how to do it now and you see how this is something that could be valuable as you're leading people. And unfortunately, there's a lot of leaders out there that aren't taking the time to do this right now. And part of the reason is is because leaders can get away with it right now. After all, the... Uh, It's an employer's market. The economy's awful. Many people are having a hard time getting jobs. And I think that there is a tendency for those of us who lead others to think that, well, you know, uh, this person doesn't have a lot of other options, so I'm just going to do the best I can to teach them and just expect that they're going to do the work. And that will maybe work in the short term. But ultimately, if you want to develop a workforce, if you want to develop a team of people, if you want to develop volunteers that are going to stay connected to the organization long-term and are going to stay connected to you long-term, whether formally or informally, you will want to really take the time to make this investment. You want to make this connection to really find out how you can start the coaching process in such a way that's going to tie back to their goals. And Harvard Business Review has done some looking at this as far as the, the the real trend that's happening right now as far as high potential leaders and organizations not feeling connected. And uh, in 2010, Harvard Business Review reported on statistics for high potential employees. And the research shows that one in three high potential employees admit to not putting all their effort in their job. And one in four think they're going to be working for another employer in a year. So those are pretty substantial statistics uh, between a quarter and a third of high potential employees just aren't anywhere as engaged as we'd like them to be. And these are the high potential people. If we start off as leaders of really utilizing this process effectively, of asking, what do they want? To, what do you want in the future? How does that compare to where you are? What obstacles are you seeing for yourself? And why is it important to you? We can make a great connection with people on the front end and help to connect them to the importance of our organization, but also their own development. And that makes us a more effective leader and gets them ready for the coaching process, which we're going to talk about more in future episodes. So I'd sure love it if you'd stay connected with me as well. And there's a couple of ways to do that for this uh, this show is uh, we are now on iTunes. So you can uh, hop on iTunes, go to the iTunes store, and in the search box in the upper right, just type in coaching skills for leaders. You'll see this show pop up, and you can hit subscribe there, and that way you'll get future episodes on all these topics I'll be talking about going forward. You can also find this show on innovatelearning.com. And in addition, we have a Facebook page set up for our organization, and that Facebook page is Innovate Learning. And if you uh, just do a search on Facebook, you can find us there. If you hit like, You will be sure to get updates on future episodes and also articles and resources and blogs that we're writing, and we'll provide, hopefully, uh, more tools that will be of value to you. And I'm also going to put in the show notes a link to an article I wrote uh, just about two months ago on how leaders need to be able to really sell the importance of the things that they're teaching and how that's going to stay keep employees connected for the long term. So, look for that in the show notes. The way to get to the show notes for this show is go ahead and hop over to innovatelearning.com and search for coaching skills for leaders. Take a look at episode number two, and you'll find the show notes and all the links I've mentioned in the show. And in closing, if you have a question or comment for this show, by all means, feel free to reach out to me. Would love to hear your comments, your questions and your successes or failures with using this process. And that way, I'll be able to help you do the best possible job you can to reach out and lead others. You can reach me at 877-LEARN-45 or by email feedback at innovatelearning.com. Thanks for listening to this second episode. And I'll see you back here in a week these episodes will uh, be out by Monday morning, hopefully. (laughs) And uh, so watch for your next episode coming next Monday. Have a great week.